The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G. and I'll be your host for the hour. Today we're going to be talking about achieving results with limited results. I'm sorry, with limited resources. (laughs) And with us on the uh, line today, we have two fabulous guests. Danelle, uh, Dr. Danelle Scarborough, who is the Executive Director of Human Relations and uh, Citizens Review Board for the City of San Diego. Danelle, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And also on the line we have Doris Anderson, who's the Executive Director of the Elementary Institute of Science here in San Diego, California as well. Thank you also for being on the line. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Great. Can we just maybe start off our conversation with getting a little bit of context, uh, maybe hearing a little bit about each of your backgrounds so that our listeners can have a bit of an understanding of the perspective that you each bring. Danelle, could we have you go first? Thank you. I, as you mentioned, am the executive director for two of the City of San Diego's boards and commissions. The first is the Human Relations Commission, and that is a 15-member commission. And these are volunteers, so they're community leaders who are um, volunteering their time to serve the city. And that commission is devoted to issues of equal opportunity and access and um, mutual respect and understanding, promoting the activities that um, can educate and um, protect our human and civil rights in San Diego. And the second is the Citizens Review Board on Police Practices. And they, too, are volunteers. It's a 23-member board, and they provide civilian oversight of our local uh, San Diego police department. Um, So as serious complaints are brought by members of the public against officers, uh, the Citizens Review Board uh, reviews and evaluates to make sure they're thorough, fair, and accurate. So I have the pleasure of staffing two uh, city volunteer boards and uh, I've worked for the city for many years and have uh, provided uh, organization development, leadership development, uh, and now have a chance to uh, focus externally on the needs of the community. Great. Then I'll say a little bit more with regards to your public sector um, leadership. I know you were the manager of the Organization Effectiveness Program because I have the pleasure of serving under you. <laughs> um, and then you also worked in some other leadership positions within the City of San Diego. You want to say a little bit more about those? Sure. I um, started with you in the Organization Effectiveness Program, so um, the areas of um, 
work that that group did, leadership development, management development, strategic planning, uh, community involvement. During those years, we had the honor of leading a diversity commitment for the city. It was a culture change effort that um, fundamentally changed the way the city employees worked together. After that, I also served as um, administrator, uh, deputy director for our elected city attorney, Casey Gwynn. Uh, served as a change management person for the implementation of a citywide um, ERP. It's a big computer system that changes the fundamentally changes the way we do business. Uh, also um, worked directly for the mayor, uh, Mayor Sanders, as he first came to office when we were doing uh, so many of the business process improvement. So um, many different kinds of change efforts that the the city of San Diego has undertaken through the years. I've in some way been involved with the strategic planning and the change management of each of those. Great. And I know through that process, um, you've seen a lot of resources come and go. Yes. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Great. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us again, Dr. Scarborough. We so appreciate you. A pleasure. And then also, um, Dolores, I'm sorry, I'm going to call you Dolores. Doris, could you please share a little bit about your background and what you currently do there at the Elementary Institute of Science? Well, I have the pleasure of serving as the director of the Elementary Institute of Science, which is a community-based science program for young kids uh, in San Diego County. And the premise of the organization is that you offer to young people at an early age Um, and you try to motivate and inspire them to understand the science as it is a building block for foundation for education. And so our program has been in existence since 1964, uh, started by Mr. Tom Watts, who was a local teacher uh, who had some students that were having difficulty in this area. And so he established this after-school program uh, that uh, blossomed and grew in the Emerald Hills community but attracted students from all over San Diego County because uh, it was doing um, what some of the classrooms were not able to do, and that is to get kids excited about science and technology. And so we now have programs that um, we engage students from ages 7 up to age 17 with the wonders of science and that natural intellectual curiosity that young people have about science but not quite sure about and we help them to understand that they have great capacities to learn the sciences in a hands-on way and that's what makes our program very different is that we we take the hands-on approach which means that they get to see it and to feel it and to do it rather than reading it in a textbook so Uh, That makes our program very unique, and we think one that um, uh, where we know all kids don't learn the same way, uh, this is a great learning tool for many students in our community. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. You know, I'll have to uh, share that I actually grew up in Emerald Hills, and having grown up in Emerald Hills, um, had the pleasure of uh, attending the elementary Elementary Institute of Science as a child and oh. uh, volunteering there as a teenager. And I remember the wow. 4-H, yeah, the 4-H mm-hmm. club used to be run out of there too some time back. And uh, those are all fond memories of kind of going there and uh, 
and uh, you know, being part of the program and going exactly. on some of the uh, field trips in the summer to the museum. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the one thing we hear from our alumni is that it was fun, and yeah. we we now have second generation. We have people like you who have been through the program who are now either sending their younger family members or their children or grandchildren to the program. So it really is um, a tradition in the community, and that community has gotten larger because it's it's not only our local community, but it is a um, pretty large county community also. Yeah, and speaking of, I guess, doing so much with so little, I, I remember the uh, <laughs> facility there as a young child, you know, this um, wooden-framed, maybe-looking building that was, um, you know, not necessarily ela- elaborate, but certainly provided the shelter and the programmatic uh, pieces that made it a great place to be. But now when we look at it, it is like a phenomenal facility. It is, and, and it's, it goes with that cliche that you can't judge a book by its cover because had you or anyone looked at us, you may have decided not to come in, and it was probably just that bad. But those who ventured to come into that facility soon found that it was a fun place to be in, and it continues to be even in the new place. And we're very lucky and very fortunate that our community supported us in the um, transformation of um, a very small building to a state-of-the-art science center um, that uh, was completed in 2003. Yeah, well, congratulations on the phenomenal development and growth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dr. Scarborough, Danelle, I'm going to go back to you and just uh, maybe ask you to um, share with us a little bit with regards to your thoughts on actions that organizations can take to meet today's ever-growing challenge of doing more and, and achieving results with less. I gave this a lot of thought, and I I think I would like to start with um, the personal responsibility of attitude, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the resilience that individuals bring to this situation because it is challenging, and we as the dedicated leaders or members of these organizations that are facing these challenges um, owe it to our mission to um, stay strong, to stay resilient, and determined. Um, So that would be one. Mm -hmm. I think a second um, action would be focus that um, in our larger, maybe more funded periods, we might have been able to do a broadened um, work plan with uh, programs that were excellent and high quality, um, but as the cutbacks come, to remember what our core mission is, uh, what our authorizing documents ask us to do, um, what we're good at, what we're best at, and um, to focus, to maintain that sense of urgency and importance, but to focus. I think another area um, is resources and being creative about interns and volunteers and empowering board members and partnering with many allies and um, distributing a little work to a lot of people and um, relying on your statewide organizations for um, information so you don't have to reinvent anything, Um, down to reusing uh, tabs out of notebooks, uh, just uh, the gambit of what you can do with your um, given resources. 
another area I think is uh, worth exploring is the results themselves. Um, definitely responding to the measures of results called for in your budget documents, but then um, also making sure you're framing um, the results that you are achieving for a sense of accomplishment uh, that motivates the members, the stakeholders. Um, so results in a, a broad way and, and maybe even then um, the possibility of reframing the results that you're going for. As I mentioned earlier, you might have been able to do a lot of educational programs in this area and this area and due to the cutbacks um, might need to focus on outreach and advocacy and um, the political influence. I'm speaking in my areas, but just re being able to reframe the results to uh, put a different expectation around the ways that you can add value. Uh, and then the last area that I would say is um, just the big bucket of innovation. Um, and for me, that's thinking outside the box and maybe moving to a private sector business model, uh, moving to a fee-for-service, um, kind of thinking beyond what um, your history would have you um, structured around, and, and it being okay to imagine a future that is significantly different than the one that you have now. Wonderful. So, those are just a few big areas that I think are worth looking at. I think those are all fabulous suggestions and all worth um, looking at, so really appreciate that. And um, I'm going to ask you to even think about uh, if there's an example that you can share with us. And, uh, Doris, I'm going to have you to kind of do the same with regards to what are some of your thoughts as it relates to um, what organizations can do to kind of meet this challenge of achieving results and uh, doing more with less. We're going to transition into a commercial break, and um, we'll be back with more on Leadership Matters. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Get ready to lead in today's ever-changing, diverse community and global market. Attend the Advance. Improve your cultural competence, ability to lead inclusion initiatives, and effectiveness in serving today's diverse community and global market. Join thought leaders from across the nation, June 2nd through the 4th in San Diego for The Advance. Log on to www.theadvance.org. That's www.theadvance.org to learn more and register. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about achieving results with limited results, and uh, I said it again. <laughs> I want to get that right. Might be the case. <laughs> we're That's what we're trying not to do, right? <laughs> achieving results with limited resources. Thank you, Danelle. <laughs> and actually, with us on the line, we have Dr. Danelle Scarborough, who is the Executive Director of Human Relations and Citizens Review Board for the City of San Diego. Thanks again for for being with us, uh, Dr. Scarborough. Very good. Thank you. Yes, and then also on the line we have Doris Anderson, who's the Executive Director of the Elementary Institute of Science here in San Diego, California. And thank you so much, Doris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Danelle gave us some fabulous food for thought on this topic in our first segment. And Doris, I'm going to um, toss it over to you to see if there's anything you'd like to add. Well, I think I would just echo what she said because I think she focused in on some really good things. And I think focus is the key word. Uh, one of the things I think as a nonprofit sometimes, um, many people will come up with many ideas about what you should be doing because you, you, you tend to do a good job on the, you know, the, your mission. And so they'll say, oh, well, you ought to do this or you should be doing this. Somebody should. And I think the temptation has to be that you remember always what your mission is. And unless that mission gets expanded, or you do something, add some addition to it, I think you really ought to concentrate on that. And I think when you do that and you remain focused, and so I have a tendency people will come up with great ideas, and they really are wonderful ideas, and I'll just say, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds really great. But I always turn back to look at what is your mission, and your mission states clearly what you should do. And so I think it's really important not only in times when funding is shaky, but even in good times to really be strong about that because I think that makes your program very strong and, and you're not tempted to go out and do something else and have all of these extra programs so that when times do come to this point, you, you're wondering, you know, you have to unload some of it. Those are the ones that tend to get unloaded in the first place. And so I think just making sure you understand what your mission is 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 very key to that. And I think also having passion for what you do because you really have to come into uh, this arena with with your organization's needs in your heart so that you can be able to articulate as well as you can and to feel that passion about what you're doing is as important as anything that you know when you are working on behalf of young kids and they, they need the sciences, even though they don't think they need it. They, you know they need it, and you are willing to work with a community who is also committed to making these resources available to them. So you have the added benefit of having a community who understands what the needs are, because sometimes in our community in particular, we are underrepresented in, in these areas. And so in order to make up that gap, you have to make sure that our students are very strong in the sciences and math and technology. It's very important. And, and the resources, there are many resources in the community, and you don't have to feel like you're alone in this. And I think that's where the communication comes out. 
it's very important to talk about and to communicate to others what it is you want. And once you're able to say what you want and what your needs are, the better off you are at being able to get those things, to make those things happen for your organization. And we say it differently. I say celebrate your successes. You talked about it in a different kind of way, but celebrate and share those successes so that everybody can share in it. Your students can share in it. Your board needs to celebrate with you so that they feel good about it and your community so also feels good about it. So I think all of those things are really key in, in, in these times and in almost any time. I think it's important to do those things. Wonderful. Great. I think that that was a, a fabulous parallel and add to and um, and really kind of supporting, emphasizing, and underlining a lot of the great points that uh, Dr. Scarborough made in her opening remarks. I think you guys are right in the zone with each other. Yes, I'm uh, taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> Dr. Scarborough, is there anything you'd like to add? No, just... Excellent. Bravo. I'm taking notes. Good. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you, Danielle, um, if there's an example that you want to share with regards to, would you be willing to share an example of an organization or situation where you are aware of that actually did this successfully, that they were able to achieve results with um, with limited resources? Well, I would like to share my current situation. I'm a little nervous. It might sound self-serving to say that it has been a success. I think the um, the jury might still be out on that. But I would like to uh, note for the Human Relations Commission and the Citizens Review Board, they've had a uh, 20-plus year history as being a part of the city. In their high points, each of them had a an executive director an executive secretary, and even an assistant executive director in, um, in one of their organizations. And uh, due to the financial situation of the city, through the years, the secretaries were cut. Um, and then most recently, um, one of the executive director positions was eliminated so that now I serve both uh, without uh, – administrative staff. So from a high point of five full-time employees, uh, we now are down to one. And um, both boards feel like their mission is still equally as important to deliver those services to the community. And so without harming the mission and the work of the boards, um, to have the staffing cut to that degree, plus um, you can't cut staffing too much more, so the uh, most recent budgets have been out of the funds for discretionary spending for the program funds. So through the years, the um, the staff, the financial support for the work of these two important commissions has dramatically decreased. Right. And yet, I I feel like the um, given the overall state of the city, the fact that they are still funded is important. Um, given that the city as a whole is cutting down to its core core mission, um, that these have been acknowledged as uh, important to save and um, then uh, ask just for the. Uh, 
the flexibility um, on the part of both boards to work with the staffing and the, the funding that is available at this time for them. Great. In, Mm-hmm. Go on, so now what we yeah, in terms say? of achieving results, mm-hmm. my guess is that um, each would say that they aren't able to achieve all that they could in the past, but are pleased to still be available to the community. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. So I was going to say, as I'm hearing you share that then you are indeed living proof of what you shared (laughs) (laughs) in our opening segment with regards to a personal um, attitude of responsibility and owning that mission and being resilient and being determined and being focused on what matters most in your roles and kind of maintaining that sense of urgency yet staying focused and probably collaborating and and working with others to um, help get things done and framing what you are accomplishing in a way that people can actually feel like there are some tangible um, results happening and accomplishments through the service of yourself and those boards. So thank you for being living proof. Yes, I truly hope that that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) You said that a while, fingers crossed, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's a small world. I think I had the pleasure of, um, did you have a young man working there as an intern or something named Dennis? Yes. Yeah, he's in a class I'm teaching this month. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's a small world. (laughs) delightful person. I was very pleased he got a job and so sad to have him move on so quickly. Yeah, great. But I think that's probably another example of your um, living proof of your leveraging the use of interns. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Um, Doris, let's have you jump in here and see, is there an example that you might be able to bring? Yeah, and I think when you talked about collaboration, I think that's very important because you never know what resources can be available. I remember uh, about two years ago when we were going into this economic downturn and um, there was um, a a dream I had. I wanted to take uh, a group of kids to Glacier National Park to do some research, field research there on climate change. But um, funding was really hard and resources were very limited. And so when you do something uh, as amazing as as that kind of a trip. It's it's really um, out there. But I remember being at a meeting, and uh, we were going into our green living because we felt that our students need to know how important it is. And the earlier you start this idea of living in a green world and making green your best friend uh, was coming about, um, we we had a little community meeting, and I remember uh, there were several partners there. And I, I, at the end of the meeting, they said, you know, well, what what would you wish or what would you want to happen, da-da-da. And we went around the room, and I, and I said, well, you know what, I'd love to send a group of students to Glacier National Park to do some research. And I had no idea that in that room at the time was a person who worked for the National Park Service. So we ended up partnering with them and took 21 students to Glacier National Park for two weeks to do this fabulous research research on climate change. And so I, that's why I say I believe in putting out there what you really want Great to happen story. because it will somehow will come back. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So and, really, you know, we had little money, but we leveraged what we did have mm-hmm. up against what the Park Service could do and what other organizations uh, that we were partnering with here were able to do, and we were able to make that happen. And that's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity for kids, and that's what we love to happen at, at the Elementary Institute of Science. Great, and I think that's, a, again, a wonderful living proof of what you kind of shared earlier with regards to communicating what your needs are and, mm-hmm. and definitely the whole piece on collaborating and partnering. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that fabulous example. Um, Doris, might we stay with you a moment and ask you, what is the biggest resource or funding challenge that you have faced um, in being able to continue to provide services and deliver on your mission? And yeah, I don't know if you've met it or if you're in the process of meeting it. I don't know if the greatest challenge is what's happening now or something that's happened in the past. Well, I think every day is a challenge, <laughs> and every year presents a new challenge to you. And I guess if I go back... You know, I've been with this organization for 23 years. We'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary in 2014, and I hope you come back and help us celebrate with that. Okay. Because we've had wonderful students and wonderful results over those uh, past 50 years. But I remember sitting in that little white house and dreaming big about going into a new facility because we uh, were outgrowing the needs of the community. And... They they were wanting to send kids, and we had no space for the kids. And I remember when we first started talking about expanding the program and perhaps building a new building, um, and I remember, just as a side, you'll remember we were right across the street from the Malcolm X Library, which had just been built at the time. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, wow, they've got this new library over there. Maybe we can do a room or an addition over there and we can do our programs. And I remember when we first talked about it, they said, you're not bringing all those erupting volcanoes and all of that mess over to our nice, clean uh, library. And so when they said that, that was the best thing they could have said to me because I was like, oh, wow, well, we can't come over there. Well, we'll just we'll just have to work on building our own building there. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, so that's gonna, what um... we did. And people said, oh, you can't do it. That kind of money in this community, not going to happen. Uh, and you've time. done it. Yeah, I got yeah. I have to send us to commercial break. Okay. So I'm going to have you put a comma there, and it put chills down my back just hearing you say the Little White House, because I remember the Little White House, little white house yeah. <laughs> and wow. I see what we have now. When we come back, we're going to pick right back up with what you're sharing with us. We're going to go to a commercial break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Get ready to lead in today's ever-changing, diverse community and global market. Attend the Advance. 
improve your cultural competence, ability to lead inclusion initiatives, and effectiveness in serving today's diverse community and global market. Join thought leaders from across the nation June 2nd through the 4th in San Diego for The Advance. Log on to www.theadvance.org. That's www.theadvance.org to learn more and register. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. We're talking about achieving results with limited resources. Yay! Got it right that time. (laughs) (laughs) And on the line today, we have Dr. Danelle Scarborough, who's the Executive Director, Human Relations and Citizens Review Board here in San Diego with the City of San Diego. Thank Thank you for staying with us. And we also have on the line Doris Anderson, Executive Director of the Elementary Institute of Science here in San Diego as well. Thank you, Doris, for being with us. All right. My pleasure. Yes. And then also joining us in this segment, we have Valerie Wright, who is our associate producer of Leadership Matters. Wonderful and always good to have you on the show, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Hi. Doris. Hi, Valerie. (laughs) Doris was actually um, kind of finishing up a little bit of a share on a success right before we went to break. So, Doris, I'm going to have you finish what you were sharing, and then we'll transition to hearing questions from the audience from um, Valerie. Okay. I was just sharing that um, when we started on this journey, and uh, this is one of life's journeys for all of us that we take, um, we uh, we were in this little white house, and we're faced with what do we do. We have more kids that want to come. And we had this tiny budget. Our budget was maybe $60,000. And it took care of all of our needs during that time. So when we went out to to talk about building a new $2 million science center, everybody that knew us and even those that loved us said, well, that's not possible because you you don't have the capacity to raise that kind of money. Um, and so we had to take that and turn it around and say, well, it may take us a little bit longer, but we really think that's what our community needs, and, and we're willing to stay on until that is done. And uh, it did take a long time, or longer than we thought, but in 2003 we cut the ribbon on a $7 million science center that is the state of the art, and we had dedicated board members that stayed on for the entire eight year of that whole project from start to finish. So that just says you, you can have the will to do something, the community will back you, other resources will come into play. Again, I go back to communication, just let people know what, you, what your plans are. Okay, and if you were to say, and I, and I know we're going to pull in those questions in a moment, but I 
I have to just ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll pack that just a little bit. If you were to say uh, what actually helped you most in raising the revenue and gaining the support to bring this vision to fruition, what would you say was the, uh, the biggest helpers for you? I think your your uh, materials that you use to talk about what you're going to do uh, are, are very helpful. I, it's interesting that the title of this show is Leadership Matters because our newsletter is called Science Matters. Uh-huh. I totally am a believer in that concept that mm-hmm. the things that matter most to you are the things you know that you you can put into it. So science matters for us, and that that's the title of our newsletter. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we learned early on was that our materials, our newsletters, our our uh, campaign materials needed to look like where we were going, not where we had been. If it had looked like the little White House, nobody would have joined that journey with us. But because we looked ahead to the future, people wanted to be a part of that. And that's what we were able to get people to see. Wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Loving, loving. Danelle, any thoughts get triggered that you want to share before we transition to Val? No, I'm just glowing with um, look like where you're going. I love that. I do. I love that, too. Absolutely. Wonderful pearl. Thank you. Yes. Um, Valerie, do you have um, questions from our listeners? Okay. We have a question from Sandy in Kansas. Sandy says, in my organization, I serve a dual capacity as community relations manager and grant writer. In this role, I'm responsible for building connections and partnerships as well as fundraising. What are some creative ways we can engage our clients in fundraising without making it feel as if they're being exploited? Hmm. Okay. Any thoughts on that, uh, Doris or Danelle? One of the ways that we, um, both as an organization and as we partner with a lot of the other um, kind of social justice organizations in our community, the kind of events that recognize unsung heroes and say thank you and pay tribute to some of the people doing work in our area, um, it, that is both a, a recognition and appreciation, and then as you ask people to um, participate by buying a ticket to a table or funding a table, it seems like there is a a value that the organization gets in its mission of acknowledgement, outreach, um, relationship building, mm-hmm. at the same time that they can be not as expensive of fundraisers or long-term. And so I, we have found success in um, planning our own as well as a, a lot of um, mileage gained by participating in all of our partner agencies of those kinds of recognition slash um, smaller fundraising, but still funds to be made for the organization. You can mm-hmm. serve both the, the mission of community relations and the, the fundraising mm-hmm. in the same event. Fabulous. Thank you. Any thoughts from yourself, Doris? Uh, oh, a couple. You know, that's my area. <laughs> yeah, well, I sit down uh, one I want to say is, you know, every gift is not for you. And, and, and when I said that, I mean that they really need to be aligned gifts. 
of, of the same value. So you need to find those people that have the same value that you have, and it's really easy because you're on the same pathway. So that's really important. I, I can remember twice that I had to give money back because it was not um, in the best interest of either that person or our organization to go down that pathway together. So that's really important. And every, every connection shouldn't be an ask. For you. you, we have to kind of throw in a lot of things in between there, and so there's a lot of friend raising in your community relations work. You're making friends for that, so that when the time comes to approach that friend about a gift, it's really an easy ask because you have laid the groundwork for that to happen. We do what we call here um, two events uh, each year that our students do. It's called Tea and Food for Thought. And they put on a, an informal uh, tea setting. Well, actually, it's a formal tea because it's it's really quite classy. And it gives them a chance to talk about the different things that they are doing in their research work to our community. Uh, and the community gets a chance to ask questions. And they don't, we don't charge for that. But they have a chance to later on think about what they've done. And when the ask comes later on, they're more inclined to support because they've been involved in it. So involve as much as you can and keep the same values in line. And, and that's where your message gets really clear to everyone. Wonderful. Love all of those um, suggestions and tips. Uh, Valerie, did you have another question? I do. We have Charles from Florida who states that over the f- past five years, our agency has not received the level of unrestricted and public donations as we, as we have previously. This makes it difficult to provide and maintain the internal development, such as staff training, technology improvements, and other basic organizational needs. What are some ways we might get these needs met? Oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. That is speaking our situation for the city of San Diego. Uh, at one time, I, we had a in, very strong investment in management development, supervisory development, um, employee training programs, and have experienced the same um, reductions in those. Uh, they seem to be uh, frequently the first hit as um, public sector goes through their um, budget reductions. And I, I just can so empathize with the, the feeling that uh, how do we stay alive as an employee group, as an organization in this effort. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I have brilliant answers, yeah. but I can empathize. No, absolutely. Doris, any thoughts from yourself? I have the same feeling. We're all in the same boat, and and uh, you know, you just have to limit the things you can. Buckle down really tight. Run a tight ship during this time, mm-hmm. knowing that at least I feel very positive about the next year or so coming up. And so, you know, all we can do is just hold steady for right now, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe later on do those things that you want to do when you can do them. Mm-hmm. When you can't do them, you mm-hmm. you know, there, there's nothing any of us can do during those times except to, you know, try to, um, you know, maintain right there. 
Right. You know, I have a couple of thoughts with regards to that, too. I I really um, love that um, proverb about, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so Valerie has heard me say a lot of times with regards to people learn from interaction with each other. And so even having... um, team members who work together, maybe identify topics that they might do a little bit of research out on, um, you know, read a magazine article or a journal article or Google and then come together and having thought-provoking conversations with each other to sharpen each other through the interaction might be one way of um, addressing that. Uh, of course, I have to give a plug to Leadership Matters because we get fabulous <laughs> people on like Danelle and, and Doris to share their expertise with the community. And, I have two more uh, that there, I, I would offer. Um, uh-huh, and yeah. one is how many different professional organizations have listservs. Yes. How many of the the resources that are available via um, the newsletters that arrive daily. If mm-hmm. you do spend the time reading those, and sometimes they feel like junk mail, and yet there are nuggets of learning in each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, with the lack of um, being able to buy new technology, it has encouraged me to learn all the bells and whistles of what I do have. I probably knew, you know, a thumbnail of what all of was available of the computer software that I already had. And by not being able to get new um, technology, really uh, expanding the use of what already exists by taking mm-hmm. the time to, to fully learn it, I have found has increased my um, ability to use the IT that I already have. Okay, great. Fabulous. I think those are all wonderful suggestions. Valerie, anything you want to add? Mm, I would um, offer the fact that if you are partnering with others in the community, there are times where you can pool your resources and provide joint training. Oh, great idea. Um, Sometimes um, if there's an organization that might have a computer lab, making it available at a reduced price or some exchange between organizations so that employees get the opportunity to use technology that's available in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sharing of resources often between um, nonprofits and community organizations can get some needs met without having to you know, look for resor- um, dollar resources of funding for that. Great. Thank you. Valerie, can you share for our uh, listening audience what they can do if they'd like to suggest a topic for the future or submit questions to be asked in the future? Sure. Um, if you have questions, call 866-472-5790. Again, the number is 866 472 Five seven nine zero, or send your emails to Dr. G at innovations.org. That's dr. G at innovations.org. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Valerie. We really appreciate you. Thank you, and thank you to our guest today. Yes, and we're going to take a short break and then be back with our final segment on today's episode of uh, Leadership Matters. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Get ready to lead in today's ever-changing, diverse community and global market. Attend the Advance. Improve your cultural competence, ability to lead inclusion initiatives, and effectiveness in serving today's diverse community and global market. Join thought leaders from across the nation, June 2nd through the 4th in San Diego for The Advance. Log on to www.theadvance.org. That's www.theadvance.org to learn more and register. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we've been talking about achieving results with limited results with Dr. Danelle. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> I, I, I want to say limited results, and I want to say, gosh, we've had conversations about nothing other than unlimited results. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, achieving results with limited resources. And I think uh, Dr. Danelle Scarborough, our Executive Director, Human Relations and Citizens Review Board, um, here with the City of San Diego, as well as Doris Anderson, the Executive Director of the Elementary Institute of Science here in San Diego, have done just a fabulous job of giving us wonderful ideas of how so much can be accomplished uh, in the midst of challenging um, resources to uh, make it all happen. So um, love to have you guys just share your final thoughts uh, for our listening audience with regard to what leaders can do, things they can consider and being able to carry out their mission and achieving all the many things that uh, they may want to achieve and, um, and have such limited resources perhaps to do them. Mm-hmm. Who'd like to go? Danielle, you want to jump in first? Sure. Final thoughts and tips? Yeah. I think one of the um, mindset changes that I've had to make is that I'm not, I can't wait till this gets better. 
um, by just feeling like I'm on hold until the money starts flowing again, that um, the mindset of this is my new reality, our new reality, um, and the lessons learned and applied, I need to go forward with these. I think for a while it was we were still in denial about the limited resources, that it felt like it could potentially be temporary, and yet um, I do think it is our new reality. So the, um, embrace it, um, apply what we have been talking about today, and continue to position for the future. Um, the resilience, the passion, I loved Doris's um, use of the passion in your heart. Um, if you um, look at every day as a, a new day and to make the choice to serve, that's what keeps me going, um, that the the power of the mission. And I think actually some of the healthy readjustment um, that we've had to do as a result of uh, letting go of some of the things that weren't um, part of the core mission that, you know, as, as sad as it was to see them go, it was probably a healthy um, shedding of old skin and uh, just a, a looking forward in a positive, optimistic way about what we can continue to deliver in the future. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Danelle. Mm-hmm. And Doris, how about final tips and thoughts from you? Well, kind of the same thing. It's, uh, you know, it's a difficult time for everyone, um, but I think you really do have to uh, uh the, the last thing that should go is the core of your program, the heart of your program, uh, and you always have to strive for excellence. Um, I think when you stop striving for excellence, uh, it, it's a closed door, and, and, and it's a one that's kind of hard to get back open. So I think the main thing is just to keep your program as strong and as vibrant as you can, you possibly can, um, reducing some of the things you can, but trying not to give up on on the program because that becomes that's the heart of what you do, and most of the people who are in this particular business are in it because they love it. They love their communities. They love the people in the communities that um, that are surrounded by these organizations, and uh, we all strive to do our very best every day. And I think that's all that anyone can ask of any any organization or any person in leadership. Fabulous. So loving it. So I, I think I'm um, taking from this conversation just a lot of fabulous um, nuggets and appreciate both of you having such um, testimonies around your own living proof of what you've shared with us. Um, and kind of combining the two, I'm kind of taking away the, the whole notion around um, personal responsibility now I think you started us off with but that positive attitude of owning the mission and being resilient and being determined about getting it done and both of you talking about uh, being focused and uh, focusing on what matters focusing on the core and uh, weaving that in I think uh, Doris fabulously loved as Danelle pointed out just using the use of the word passion um, don't lose what we're passionate about, making sure also that passion, passion is very often what fuels all the, um, all the purpose and the energy that we need to kind of help move things forward. So loving the whole uh, conversation around maintaining that sense of urgency, yet being focused. 
and using the resources that are in place uh, are using resources we can find, perhaps they're not in place, be it interns, be it collaborating with other agencies, um, framing things so that really people can understand the results that have been accomplished. Danelle, I think you brought that up, and, and Doris, you underlined that as well with regards to talking about celebrating mm-hmm. our successes. Mm-hmm. And um, love your point also, Doris, with regards to letting other people know mm-hmm. what you need, mm-hmm. being able to spend some time really maybe thinking about uh, your story and how to tell your story and how to package your story mm-hmm. and um, how to go out in the community and connect with others and loved your uh, piece with regards to your own success and how you guys went about raising the friends to um, help engage others in things that were important. And not all, good, all, not all money's good money. I mm-hmm. heard you say that clearly with regards to um, every gift is not for you, mm-hmm. so making sure it's consistent with your values and just kind of keeping on, keeping on. Any other nuggets uh, that we want to um, leave our listening audience with? Dr. G, you did an excellent job of summarizing a wide-ranging conversation. I'm impressed. I, <laughs> I learned from the best. The <laughs> now. And I learned from the conversation with my counter guest part here. Thank yes. you so much for letting me be a part of this conversation. It was stimulating for me and exciting to do. I agree. Mm -hmm. Good. And I want to remind our listening audience that we have a fabulous forum coming up here in San Diego, California, wonderful destination city to to travel to at any time, but fabulously in June. And um, we have a national forum that we'll be holding on race relations as well as cultural competence and how do we go about creating inclusive environments, be it in a work environment or in a community. So looking at um, leading transformations as relates to culture shifts, and that's um, a form that we're calling the Advance. It'll be, it'll be held um, June the 2nd through the 4th, and you can log on to www.theadvance.org for more information. Again, that's www.theadvance.org, the Neighborhood House Association, as well as um, the Alliance for Children and Family Services out of Milwaukee are co-sponsoring that together. So please check us out. And um, think about joining us. We'd love to have you engage in that dialogue. So to uh, Danielle and Doris, again, I want to say thank you so much for being on our show today. To our associate uh, producer who joined us, Valerie, thank you so much for coming on. And to our listening audience, thank you also for tuning in. Join us next week on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on how you, too, can make your leadership matter. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 